Hey, what it do with the business is? It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, how at your boy Animal Brown. Animal underscore Brown if you're looking for me on Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely. I am Spike Lou on the same social sites. Holla at your boy. How you been holding up out there? Man, I'm good. I hear these streets. Went to the barbershop. Barely. Barely went to the barbershop. Did you wear a mask while you were getting cut? <laughs> no. I, I should have I didn't wear a mask on my head, but I ain't getting mask shit cut on my, on my head. Funny. Was it like a lot of people in the barbershop? Hell no. Apparently, people outside of Georgia think that Atlanta is not quarantining anymore. They think it's just wide open down here. Has yeah, that been is. your experience? Has been yours? <laughs> it is wide open down here. What are you talking about? It's true. That people out and about, man. Should that quarantine shit been OV? Nigga, I was at the mall picking up a couple of things, and uh, see, <laughs> the nigga, the nigga was talking to some cat. I guess the cat worked there, and he was like, "Nigga, I missed you at first Fridays last night." Mm. Oh man, he said the dance floor was packed. I said, "Ah oh, man, the dance floor." The dance floor was packed at First Fridays at Compound, allegedly. So if you want to get your dance on, go to First Fridays Compound. Let me, oh. let, me tell you, let me let me tell you last time the dance floor was packed and you saw me on it, nigga. It's been hellos. Never for a thousand, Bob. Man, what we got up today, man? Man, this week for the quick hits, man. Two new hip-hop podcasts are starting with Royce the Five Nine and Lupe Fiasco spearheading one. They're going to let you know what they're thinking and give you a weekly podcast. Also, NPR has a brand new podcast, Louder Than a Riot, that explores the intersection of mass incarceration and hip-hop in America. The BET Hip-Hop Awards are around the corner. They've announced the nominees. We're going to give you some predictions as only we can on Deck TV style. And your man's logic rants on IG about how Dev Jam are not paying the contributors for his No Pressure album. But first, my guy, little baby, came out and said after some mishaps uh, with his goings on in politics that he's staying far away from anything political now. My question to you. Does this make you look at the bigger picture song differently, or do you understand where the artist Lil Baby is coming from and staying away from the political stuff? Uh, I get it, man. He was talking to Billboard. His exact quote was, the more I am seeing what's up with all that shit, the more I'm like, let me back up out of politics. I don't want to be no Malcolm X or Martin Luther. I stuck my nose in it. I'm good on that. Um, so listen, I get it 110%. Um, now, I think he got a taste of politics and he didn't like it. I think I still feel that the bigger picture record was genuine. I think he just didn't know what all that in, entails when you're involved in politics. I ha, Have you seen the ads for the dude down here, John Ossoff running for um, Georgia Senate representation? Have you been seeing those commercials and shit? Yeah, I've seen those. Dude, I got a chance to sit in on an interview of his and there is no way on God's green earth I would want to be a politician. I'm talking about everything was scripted to the nines. Every fucking thing was scripted. He had to be a robot. He was he's like 32, 33. So he young. He really supposed to be out here shaking it. He can't do any of that shit, dude. Like it's so buttoned up. It's so robotic. You can't be really who you want to be. 
And so I understand that little baby somehow, some way got into some circles and peep game and was like, oh, no, nah, I ain't got time for this shit. Like, he, like it's just, it, it's not worth it, bro. But so I get it. He made his song. He made his statement. He made his point. Now let's get back to the money and doing all the stuff that you were doing beforehand with the charitable efforts and things of that nature, dude. But being, just being deep, knee deep in politics, you can cancel that. And I feel him. I understand him too, because he's of the age where he can make a step back and reassess uh, how he wants to approach it. I saw an article with GQ where he was talking about where he had uh, Paul Howard, who is the district attorney here in Atlanta. Uh, well, I think it's the Fulton County, whatever Fulton County, I believe it is. He's the district attorney. And he came out and lied and said that little baby endorsed him when he hadn't. Mm. And the reason that little baby was especially disturbed by this because Paul Howard had locked him up about five years before as the district attorney in Fulton County. That's nuts. Uh, nuts so i say that to say little baby is affected by these things and i've seen as far as interviews and how he kind of carries himself that this ain't something that he's just gonna say fuck it i'm never paying attention to it again i feel like he's gonna find a better approach and then he's going to approach it that way from here on out where he can help his homeboys help his communities because i know that one of the biggest things in his uh career path one of his wise or if or why he's in the business is so he can help his homeboys and provide and have a better life for people and i think that he'll be able to do that by staying interested in politics just as soon as he finds a way to approach it and be effective so i ain't got any problem with him backing out now focusing on getting to the bread getting to the money he's gonna come back and he's gonna know how to maneuver where he's not getting stringer bailed out here a wire quote that you won't get because you've never seen the wire yeah, but the people listening will see that hit. yeah I, the people listening to see that he's gonna come back and he'll be effective listen man i and I, I hate to say it but like because I, we need more people that look like us and come from our backgrounds to be in those offices and stuff but bro it's just so hard dog like it's what? so stale dude like bro like you can't you got your record got to be mr clean spick and span shiny nigga like it, it's and it's a shame because again we need more representation to be in there making these decisions so then he wouldn't be getting locked up unfairly or treated unfairly and uh but, but man like it's tough bro. i don't know I, if it was unfair i thought he locked him up very fairly he was breaking no i'm just saying just generally speaking he's just saying in general yeah okay. now generally speaking you know what i'm saying I, some people some people need to be locked up some people don't you know what i'm saying a lot of times we get the short end of the stick when it comes to shit like that but uh, and, and so I, I I like to see people getting involved, but it's just so stuffy in those rooms, bro. <laughs> like it, it takes the life out of everything, man. It's like unseasoned food, bro. It's just, it's, it's really hard to maneuver, bro. You got to be a certain type of person. So do you think that maybe because the people that are in those rooms are so acclimated, they've been groomed to do that their whole life. Is that's the reason those rooms are stale? What if you do get people like little baby in those rooms? Does the air in that room change in your opinion? It's tough it, because it's, it's the system itself has been the, the room has been built by people that obviously don't come from the same backgrounds that are us, us or look like us. And so I'm starting to believe it's supposed to feel like that to deter people like us from even being in there. I think people want to keep it that way. It's almost like on some tradition type shit. Like, and so somebody like little baby coming up and trying to shake the system, man, like it's, it would take more than just one 
because it's been like that for so long. But it's just so hard to break through, man. Like it's because it's it's just deeper than him. It's deeper than him, bro. It's like it's the it's the entire system is just so stuffy and cloudy, and you can't really move in it like how you want to, like how you could in the street or how you could in it's like corporate America. You can go but so high before it's like, okay, that's enough for him. You know what I'm saying? Like you you doing too much. You ever see somebody at work doing too much? Like you being a little too. It's like, bro, you can you you can get it's a there's a ceiling to that and it's low. If we be in a thousand, that and it that's just how it is. You can you may can be the one to break through and we'll see where that take you, but it's it's a challenge that if do you feel like doing it? Yeah, I mean, do you feel like that? Exactly. Do you look like baby? The very important thing he said he's not trying to be Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, so yeah, they <laughs> like, did. Nobody well, wants to be that. Not even in that sense of it, but in the sense of like, I'm not trying to be that radical. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with him as an artist saying, look, I put out this to address how I feel on the bigger picture. And that was pretty much the extent of it. I'm not saying that I don't know or do know, but I ain't here to have a conversation with you about it. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's what he meant by that, though. What do you mean? I don't think he meant that I don't want to be that radical. I don't think he wants to be picked apart. And I think that's what was starting to happen. And he was probably starting to get looked a certain way. And when he did step into a room or two with Keisha Lance Bottoms, he had put out a tweet. I mean, he had put out a post about Keisha Lance Bottoms and he took, he ended up taking it down like a political tweet, nothing bad. And he had ended up taking it down. Like he was probably getting too much heat. It's too easy to pick apart a quote unquote trap rapper that's trying to get in those circles to make change. It's too easy to pick apart, bro, for the general public, which is who those, who those politicians are talking to. Well, even as a, even before you're a trap rapper, more so as a, a young person, it's easy to pick apart. I don't really think sure. that he has stances enough to where he would even want to be in those rooms and say, hey, well, I'm going to die behind this and this is my tweet. I don't, he's not an activist. So that was to the point of what I was saying. I do think that he meant, I disagree with you there when you say you don't think he wants to be picked apart. I don't think about, I don't think it was about how people were going to address him. I think it was more so about like, I'm not here to go back and forth with you people about shit that don't affect people that I care about. So I'm not here to play politics with you. Like the, the reason that I brought up the thing about the district attorney, like the guy actually didn't, he said the little baby endorsed him. He did, he didn't, who knows? Mm-hmm. But that's part of playing politics. Like all oh, little baby hot, he got the bigger picture song. This guy's in heat because he stole money from the county and reallocated funds to where he shouldn't be. So he needed some good press. And he went out and said, oh, little baby endorsed me. That is the turning thing that where he says, I'm not Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. I'm not going to play these games with y'all and play this political game with you as to where you can go out and say this. And I got to fight you with words out here in the press. Like, I don't do that. I'm not signing up for that. I think that's what he was saying. More so than like, I, I think you get picked apart regardless as a, a trap rapper, a little baby being from Atlanta. Like, I think that you deal with those arrows even as a big artist, especially with the, the, the climb that he's taking in 2020. It's a whole nother level when you get in political spaces, though. And, and yeah, I don't the, think he was trying to be no like he wasn't trying to be like uh, a councilman or nothing. But like I'm, but that. I'm gonna tell you what happened. I, I just I just remembered the tweet he put up. He posted a tweet or IG about uh, police reform with Keisha mm-hmm. Lance Bottom, and he ended up deleting it. 
So it, I, it ain't no telling what dimensions look like when he posted that, bro. And that's coming from all sides. That's what I'm saying. You, it, it's either the who the hell does he think he is crowd or the damn now you the police crowd or the, like, bro, he's catching it from everywhere. He's going to get picked apart no matter where he turns when he starts to do shit like that. And I don't know if he's built like maybe a killer Mike because a killer Mike can defend what it is that he's doing. I don't know if little baby's in that space yet. He might be too young for that. You see what I'm saying? Like to to be able to communicate what it is, what his plan is in in a situation like that. He might be too new to it, bro. Too, he might just be too. He 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 not in that deep like a Killer Mike is. Killer Mike can explain himself. He can meet with the Democratic or the Republican and explain himself and why he did this shit. Easy with a smile on his face. Nigga, on, he can do it on in your face. He can do it on Twitter. He can do it in the comments. Well, I don't think that. I don't think the little baby's interested in explaining himself. That too. That's what, that's my he point. Really, he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. get picked apart and have to sit here and explain all this shit that he doing. I mean, he ain't got time for that, bro. Now, if you ain't got to, I might want to do that shit. <laughs> that's that's that shit is not attractive, man. Um, yeah. But shout out to him. I'm still, I'm fucking with him though. Um, moving on, man. You teased it earlier. We've got two new hip hop podcasts launching soon. First, we've got Royce to 5'9 and Lupe joining forces with the drum roll. The Lupe and Royce show. All right. Man, that's also, a creative name. Yeah, very creative name, guys. Also, NPR has a new podcast called Louder Than a Riot, which explores intersection of mass incarceration and hip hop in America. If you had to listen to one of these first, because they come out on the same day, which one are you more excited about? Um, I am a big fan of Royce the Five Nine. As you know, I mentioned him for MVP of this year a little early in this long ass year. Seems like a, so long ago we were talking about that, but I'm gonna have to go with NPR and their legendary status as podcast makers. And as louder than a ride, seems like it's definitely going to be something that's interesting in the least. And here's the reason that I go with this over the Royce and Lupe, uh, not that they won't probably have interesting conversation, but I look forward to the layers that Louder Than a Riot adds. Uh, we, at one point, we were talking about the uh, podcast where they broke down the Kendrick Lamar and they broke down the kind of dissect podcast. All of these different things and different avenues the podcast takes is just add layers to what hip hop is, open up more ears, give people more insight and then that opens up the ears to people who may not have listened to the music before but have context then they go back and listen to the music and you have a fan it's why hip-hop is growing so i look forward to this louder than a riot podcast uh, they're going to have stuff with nipsey hustle they're going to have stuff with bobby smurda and it's going to examine and explore each episode as far as how different aspects of criminal justice systems disproportionately impact black America. So I look forward to Louder Than a Riot. I can't wait. October yeah. 8th, it starts. Yeah, I don't listen to much on NPR, but I, I understand that, you know, they they vets in the game. They vet status is solidified in the podcast game. So they know how to produce a dope-ass uh, podcast. Now, when it comes to Lupe and Royce, I'm interested in hearing that too, but I understand how big chemistry and rhythm is when you've got two people on a podcast and sometimes that takes time to build and so I, i'll probably give that one some time for it to hit its full potential but i'm super interested in that man october 8th for both of them which is dope i'll probably listen to both i just i'm gonna temper my expectations for royce and lupe so they can get their feet up under them and get that chemistry together first but those are two those are two intelligent bright hip-hop minds and i think they make sense together so i'm excited about it as well 
Yeah, they definitely do make sense together. And I'm going to tune into that one. Um, after I listen to that louder than a ride, I definitely want to see what they're talking about. Because like you said, though, Royce has some very interesting uh, thought processes. He did say he's going to do this whole first episode like he was writing a rap, like it was a rap. I think so he was I don't joking, know if I'm here man. for that. I hope he was. I was joking too, but you missed oh. it as well. So, okay. but yeah, he yeah. said that he was doing the whole that. one like a rap, and I I know how I felt about that. But I, I of course, he was being facetious. So, now we'll see now how it go with the NPR thing. I'm interested in the results that they come up with. Like, will they give a definitive answer as to the connection of mass incarceration and hip hop, or are they just examining it and just giving just a a, a macro level overview of it you know what i'm saying that's what i'm interested in i want to know what that's going to be like it said hosted by npr's rodney carmichael and sydney madden this podcast is invested in power from all angles the power of the music industry wields over artists the power of institutional forces that map marginalized communities of color, the power of prison, industrial complex, and the power of dynamics deep-rooted in the rap episode. Each episode is going to explore an artist's story to examine a different aspect of the criminal justice system that impacts Black America. Yeah, that's going to be hard. That's going to be really good. And the quote Nipsey Hussle and Bobby Shmurda. That shit gonna be hard as fuck. Next, the BET Hip Hop Awards, the 2020 Hip Hop Awards are coming up. Um, seems like a long time ago that we seen uh, your man's Roddy Rich steal the show at the regular BET Awards, uh, but of Apparently, they've got their footing and they know how they want to do this. Uh, are you looking forward to the BET Hip Hop Awards? And what are some of your predictions? Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I thought they, I think they did a real good job with the with the BET Awards earlier this year. That was one of the better ones. Uh, I was surprised that we need to be in a pandemic for all of the award shows if they're going to look like that because they got this year right. Looking at some of these nominations, number one, the baby leads with 12 nominations and Roddy uh, has 11. But some of these categories are interesting, man. Like we, we It's easy to pick these apart because they almost always get them wrong. But the, the uh, best hip-hop album, the hip-hop album of the year is probably the worst category I've ever seen. Let me give you the six albums that are in hip-hop album of the year. The baby, blame it on baby. The baby Kirk, the baby <laughs> future high off life, Megan the Stallion, sugar, little baby, my turn, and Roddy Rich. Please excuse me for being antisocial, bro. There's probably one album on here that even deserves to be in this category. And Roddy Rich, that, that's the one that's album, it. dude. Yeah, that's it, bro. And I fuck with everybody on this list. One album, why needs do you to think be considered hip hop album of the year, bro? <laughs> Stop. Why do you think this is the list? I have like no where is idea. like what well, well, oh my god I don't even there's so many questions that I have uh but I hope that the production for the BET awards trickles down to like what you said uh the BET hip hop awards and we can enjoy what we are able to see during this quarantine uh but uh, again some of the kind, some of the the producer of the year. Okay, I like that one. But DJ of the year, video director of the year, these things I feel like could be updated and 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 just done better. Especially since you're not having uh, like a crowd of people there, you're not gonna have the whole presentation thing. I feel like that they just could do more virtual type awards, more interactive type stuff, uh, just to make it dope. So if I had any complaints, it would be about the category of the awards as well. Um, 
and I laughed at some of the nominees too. So we'll see how it goes. Speaking of DJ of the year, this is a shoe in. If there was ever a shoe in, if D nice doesn't win this, (laughs) 100%. He had to quarantine on his back. That's that's what I, he he single handedly saved the quarantine early on before Swiss and then picked it up with the battles and shit. He saved it, nigga. Like that that's shit was donezo. Um, I also think it's another slam dunk hip hop video of the world, a video of the year. Future and Drake life is good. That's an easy call. Easy call. Mm. I, I, I came across that video the other day, just bullshitting on YouTube, and I forgot how dope it was with the little, with the rest with them working in a restaurant and them acting like they was directing and then working on it and shit. It was hard. That video was dope as fuck. That's an I got easy a easy call. I got that, that video was dope. Um, I got a surprise. Uh, I feel like the best new hip hop artist, Flo Millie, Jack Harlow, Mulatto, NLE Chopper, Pop Smoke, and Rod Wave. Yep. That's a strong category right there. I think Mulatto going to take that, though. She's had a strong, strong September and October for some reason. Well, yeah, not for ever, some reason. I don't want to slide her. She's been doing her thing, but she's had a strong last two months. Ever since the uh, freshman class cover, she's been cooking. Yeah, she's been cooking. I think she may take that. Especially she's not. They're going to give it to Pop Smoke. Rest in peace. Well, like you said, though, it's virtual. They want to see the people there. Like They want Big big Lotto, and she calls herself on the screen for the BET Hip Hop Awards. They're looking for Big Lotto to show up. I think they'll give her that to, to have an appearance. I want her on the screen to show up, nigga, but 100%. that don't mean that hundred percent. That's why I'm rooting for it <laughs> and planting the seed. Now, hopefully some of the people that can pull some strings are listening and watching this. I want to see Big Lotto on there. So listen, let's go. Let's root for Big Lotto. Y'all, if y'all can vote for it, go vote. Listen, Royce the Five Nine was so hot that he wasn't in the lyricist of the year category. As he should be. Yeah, he was hot about that shit. Like, he should, like, let's read the lyricists of the year category. The Baby. Yeah. Rhapsody. Okay. Meg Thee Stallion. Okay. J. Cole, Drake, and Big Sean. All of them can rap. Let's not do that. Uh, None of them can rap better than Royce the Five Nine. Let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) Listen... So I, it's just like, I feel like you just throw Rhapsody in there for good measure because you don't really think I she can rap her ass off and probably really? should win this category between her and Jermaine Cole. Uh, but to, to disrespect Royce and not put him in here in front of the baby and, and Drake. It's whoa, just, it's, whoa, it's just, whoa, it's just whoa. Disrespectful. That's just disrespectful. Whoa, let's not get, let's not get out of hand. Shit. Royce, Royce is Definitely a better rapper than Drake. Drake is probably the best artist in the last 20 years. You're right. So what? (laughs) But we're talking about the best lyricist category. If I was Royce, I would be highly offended. Y'all hardly ever pay attention to lyricists. And now when we got a category, y'all want to leave me out? I raise hell. Uh, But before we get to this 21 Savage album, let's talk Logic. Recently retired rapper Logic is the latest rapper to voice his displeasure with his record label. He's claiming that Def Jam has yet to pay the contributors to his last album, No Pressure. The problem being that most of those who contributed to his albums were his friends, uh, causing him to go on IG and rant about it. Are you surprised a label like Def Jam is having issues paying their bills? I'm not surprised at all, but I do commend logic for going to ig and exposing them 
and letting the people know that this is the record business, not making any excuses for it, but the hard time that the people give baby people give smaller record labels like cash money and smaller record labels like bad boy. Where do you think they learn this behavior from? They don't <laughs> get this shit out of thin air. And like, we going to be the people that are not going to pay people. They didn't get paid by people. And they just continuing that practice on good or bad, right or wrong. That's the music business. And I think this ties into Kanye West tweets a couple of weeks ago or last week when we were talking Things like this in the music business, Def Jam, who we know can afford to pay these contributors to the album, just dragging their feet. And the small guy, maybe living check to check, this may be his big break, first placement, anything of that nature. It's quarantine, so the company feel like, oh, well, you know, we got to wait because our bottom line doesn't look the same. I feel like it's disgusting that they're able to get away with it, and I'm glad that he took time out on his Instagram to point this out and shows that it's not just the babies and it's not just the puff daddies that do this. It's the music business. It's what Kanye West in part was ranting about uh, not too long ago. I, I think without that Kanye rant, we don't get this post. That's number one. True. Um, he trying to hop I, on. He definitely front running. Yeah. No, I, I think that that sparked him. Man, I'm going to take this to IG. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I, that's number one. Number two, I am. I am. I'm a little surprised that Def Jam is having issues. Like I would expect this from a boutique label that may be low on cash. And maybe that's the reason they can't pay their contributors. But Def Jam, just take that out of the, the Kanye Give West Masters pot. <laughs> Give an example of a boutique label. Um, like Megan Thee Stallion shit, Carl Crawford shit. Mm-hmm. His shit, you know what I'm saying? That label, something yeah. like that. Th- then I could be like, okay, you know, they got one one horse that's driving this entire thing. That's Maybe why I they can, ain't paying nobody. I can see that, but nah, not Def Jam though. Like I said, just take that shit out of Kanye Masters pot. I know you got it. You know what I'm saying? But I, but I get why Logic is hot though because he's trying to put some of his own homies in the game, and he probably promised them things that he knew would be taken care mm-hmm. of. And they're not. So he's hot about this shit. You know what I'm saying? And they're not coming to Def Jam. They're hitting him up for it. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't have the ties to Def Jam. They, they, they're they in through him. So he's got the text messages. And that's what he screenshot. He screenshot a text message from his homeboy. Like, yo. Like, and his homeboy was cool. He was like, yo, bro. Like, I haven't got anything from the album. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing from the sessions or nothing, bro. Like, just checking in. Like, what do I do, yeah. my nigga? Like, <laughs> Logic hitting with the while I'm having dinner with my wife. And my kids, dog. Yeah, he snapped off in the IG thing, man. But like, what I thought was crazy in the rant, though, um, he said that aside from his advances, he's never seen a dime from Def Jam in eight years being on the label. That is crazy because we just talked about the Kanye rant on a couple of episodes ago, and we said that the advances, the way that the record business is set up is so that you're constantly in debt. And so you get the advance and that's usually it, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to pay that back and recoup. And then they, they charge absorbent amounts, you know, to studio, studio time and shit and videos. But what does logic spend money on? Well, you mean, what I, I don't, what do you mean? What does he spend money? Or how does he get money? Well, no, what, because he said he hasn't I got money from the from the deals. So I'm, my, where I would be confused if I want his team, I'm no lawyer. 
I'm not the smartest crayon, sharpest crayon in the box, but I would ask Def Jam. I was like, well, I ain't seen no big budget videos from him. I don't see big budget production if his homeboys is doing the beats. Why do I still owe you guys money? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? What? That's what a legitimate you, question. What could you possibly have spent that money on that you saying I owe you? Like, I do my recording. My homies got the beats. He one of them niggas is independent and do his videos and shit. Like, what the fuck would I owe y'all for? Hey, them billboards in Times Square, bro. They cost. <laughs> so it sold a thousand more CDs because it was excuse me a thousand more streams because of it. They got you a hundred dollars, literally. You paid four million for it. Yeah, <laughs> but Tiger said the and same that, thing. And that goes to the model. That model was about dead because it's the information age. And I think one of the biggest thing that artists have is they can now ask questions. Mm. Like, bro, if if, if I put my mixtape out for. and it got good quality and I got good artwork and I did a couple of videos. Why does it take 12 million to do my album and y'all using the same people that I use for my videos and y'all getting the same beats? Now people are going to start asking those questions because you, even if you're independent, you've been doing this shit. You paid these people before. You know how the invoices look. But y'all telling me it's $30 million and I just paid the nigga five. Yeah, that that's that's listen. It's the same way. Have you ever uh, got a hospital bill before insurance takes care of? Yep, exactly. They smack in the insurance Make, company. You have to use insurance, like because otherwise, you I'm gonna charge you thirteen forty nine for this fucking aspirin. This <laughs> one funny. right here, this one. Like what? It's it the same way, bro. It's the I same can send somebody way. to the store. Like, come on. Listen, they're going to smack you. So that, that's what they're doing. They're smacking the artist. Tiger said the same thing. Tiger said he hadn't gotten a dollar from cash money. I remember when well, at that's that more time, understandable, though. Nobody's gotten a dollar from cash money. Yeah, well, well that, that make it even crazy. <laughs> <For> baby, <laughs> baby, the only nigga that's gotten a dollar from cash money. <laughs> so that makes it way more understandable unless they've gone to court. But I, 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 I guess it's hard to understand like you say, with logic and Def Jam more so than than, than cash money. Right. Like I could see cash money being like, my nigga, if you paying for all this shit, and I, I could see baby giving a nigga 10, 15,000 up front and being like, that's it. <laughs> that's it, bro. Like, I don't know what you coming back over here for. <laughs> my nigga, it's a wrap. Oh, shit. All right, man, let's get to this Savage Mode too. Uh, whew, the long-awaited follow-up to Savage Mode One. That's Twenty One Savage and Metro Booming. Um, listen, man, Twenty One Savage has been low this year, uh, super low. And you know how we get down: expectations, initial thoughts, highlights, lowlights, and then we'll have a rating. Coming into this, it was just announced maybe like two or three days beforehand. Where, uh, where were your expectation level for this uh, new Twenty One Savage? Well, based off the announcement, man, I'm always excited to hear 21. I've been a, why well, I won't say I've been a big fan. I've con- converged over the years to a bigger and bigger fan each time he drops. So I was surprised. The last Metro Boomin in 21, I really wasn't a big fan of, though. I think that was before I got on him heavy. Right. So I really wasn't into that uh, as far as the album when it dropped. So when I heard that this one was going to be coming out, I was like, okay, 
It'll be all right, a little tape. Maybe it's some old stuff that they've done uh, that they never released and meant to release before he got into the visa trouble. Because like you said, he had been low. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting him to just Beyonce with brand new material and come out in three days and like from now and be like, hey, I got a new album. All you hear it is. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that from him at all. So very immediate to low expectations because I thought it would be old stuff. What about you? I was medium. I, 21 Savage has began to grow on me as well. Uh, his last album, I'm, I Am Greater Than I Was, I thought that was real solid. And I thought that was an improvement from the um, Issa album, a big improvement. And yeah, I just thought he was, he's improved as a rapper. And, and what I mean by that is I don't, I don't mean necessarily bars when I say he's improved as a rapper. I think he's not as stiff as he was when he first came out. He rapped like uh, he had just started in my opinion. And he rapped he in one, huh? Cause he had just started. Uh, that, that makes sense then. So in 2016, it like he literally sounded like he had just started in 2015 and he was still finding his footing. He just happened to be cool with Metro booming who got them beats for days and days. I, like dude is cold with them beats. So I thought he was lucky enough to know Metro Boomin' to get 12, 13 beats for a whole project. Cause without that, I don't know if 21 is here today where we at with it, but that, that early 21 didn't really do nothing for me. But now that he's, he switched up the flow a little bit, his voice isn't just so monotonous to go along with his flow. Like is bro, that, that used to kill me early on, but now, so I was, I was medium looking forward to it. You know what I'm saying? I, I liked the rollout. I thought it was cool. I thought that the trailer was dope as hell. Um, having Morgan Freeman do your shit. Fire. The that trailer was, was super hard. Fire. How much you think they paid Morgan Freeman for that? Man, Morgan Freeman, probably about 50, about mm. 50 bands. Well, That's I don't know, though. It is God, though. No, Morgan Freeman narrated oh, the God you, joint. You, you show shortchanging him. I wasn't going to challenge you on it. It might be 75. It might be 100. Morgan it Freeman? Might. Yeah, it might be. Hey, now, nah, they might have blew the budget on Morgan Freeman because they ain't do no promo. Everything, I was say, everything else might have just been like, because the pen and pixel cover art, like, we'll get into that at some point, I'm sure. But that, that yeah. couldn't have been number like 65, 7500, if oh, that. Yeah. That's a fact. So I guess was Morgan Freeman, hundred. Hey, Morgan Freeman might have been a hundred, hundred fifty. Though I'm gonna be Man, real. That's like that nigga got probably the most noticeable voice in the world. You charge, <laughs> you tax for that, man. <laughs> like true. that was the first thing I thought of. Like, man, how much they pay him for that? That's a good point. Shit. That's true. That's true. Um, what did you think when you first heard it, though? I'm here for it, man. I love Twenty One Savage. I think you you kind of started going down that road. I thought you were going to hit on it, but I love the fact that he doesn't take himself as serious as you think that he would. Just from the persona that he has out there, just from maybe some of the interviews you've seen. If you've been following for a while, you may have seen the the, the noisy and vice, the breakdowns. But I love the fact that he you can laugh. Mm-hmm. At some of the bars that he drops on, like this, all of his tapes, not just this one specifically, going all the way back to Iza. Uh, but I really appreciate the entertainment factor that is 21 Savage, like always giving you a different perspective. For me, almost laughing out loud at some bars, like, man, this nigga is crazy. That's Saying that to myself a couple of times, just at how outrageous or funny that it was, or me not expecting a bar that he was about to drop. So that I appreciate 
every time since Issa's dropped uh, that he's had an album. That I definitely appreciate. And I think he's kept it going with this. Um, it was very cinematic as far as the Morgan Freeman thing on there and just the lead-ins and the interludes. I think they played very well. I was very in, impressed by an album that had three days of promo that sounded like it was this much money was spent on it from the yep. beats to the production. Uh, obviously not a lot was spent on commercials and things like that. Clearly. Cause it was only three days, but it, it sounded expensive, like an expensive album. Like it didn't sound like a throwaway, like I thought at all. Uh, so my walk away from uh, initially was like 21 Savages back. Like he took some time off. They let that stuff blow over with the visa. He was headed to being a star before that happened anyway, if he wasn't already like one of the top list stars, but even more so he was like in a, in a pocket where like, I would say that, that little baby's in now, mm -hmm. like he was right there in that pocket. And I think that he like didn't miss a step once his album came out and I listened to it, it re, re solidified him as being that star that's in waiting. That's about to be the next class and going to be around a lot. Yeah. I, when I first listened to it, I, I did like it. I thought you said the right word is cinematic. Uh, I thought getting Morgan Freeman to narrate with this production style that they used was perfect. Um, I, I thought that was very clever. It, it, this sound like they took their time putting it together. Uh, this is this is about a year and some change in the making. I think they announced it in July last year. So they, they took their time putting it together and when I first listened to it, I was, I was rocking with it. Like I listened to it in the car for my first go round. And this is, this is one of those type of <laughs> albums that you listen to in the whip. And with, I, th I think that his ace in the, in, in the hole is Metro Boomin though. Um, 21 is okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, he's an improved rapper, but some of the bars are still, some of them I'm laughing with him and some of them I'm laughing at him. Um, it, I think that's the point though. I don't, uh, think that he won't, I don't think that he wants you to think that he's, a big Sean or a J Cole, like he's like, yeah, mm -hmm. nigga, this is funny, but nigga, I'll shoot you. Like, <laughs> like, tell me that I can't rap and I'm going to shoot you. Like, I, I feel like that's part of the shtick. Like, and it works. No, I get it. I get it. And it, it listen, I, I think I remember that there was a petition out that they need to hurry up and put this out. Maybe like not three, four weeks ago, they had a petition like, Man, y'all had like 30,000 signatures. <laughs> People are like, where's Savage Mode 2, man? God damn. Uh, See, that's how I watched it. I'd be like, I didn't even know it was a thing that people were waiting on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, nah, people have been waiting on this. They had, Again, they announced it a year and a half ago. Like, people are like, yo, what y'all? You know when somebody announced something, you're like, fam. <laughs> like, man, what y'all doing? So, let me ask you this. You Did, did you pick up on the, the, diss, the diss song? Uh, you talking about Jeezy? Yeah, did you pick up on that? I picked up on the bar. Yeah, he named he he said Jeezy name, but that didn't it didn't sound like a diss to me. Oh no, it that sounded like a diss, diss to you. I mean, yeah. it, I, of course it was. I, yeah. I especially after I seen it, and even the uh, <laughs> the snitches and rats song. I said it was right. a, a six nine diss. Nah, but he he cleared that up and said that's just for anybody that's snitching <laughs> and ratting. Oh, okay, <laughs> it just I was just about to say it makes me like I remember back in the day when we used to hear albums and like used to be so deep into shit that you would explain to people and be like, man, this is happening here. And this is cause he beefing with him. And I listened to this whole thing went through and then I read a couple reviews and, and looked up a couple things online. They were like, 
21 Savage is beefing with Jeezy and he got the diss song about 6ix9ine. I'm like, man, I didn't hear none of that. Oh, you know, you're not like, I heard the nigga the say Jeezy's name. You, you know what? I, but it just seems yeah. like back in the day or when you follow rap a little bit more closely that you would have picked up on those things. My point is I didn't pick up on any of that. I just picked up on him being 21 Savage. I even thought the Jeezy thing was like, of course, I wouldn't necessarily say that they were beefing, but that's right. that's Gucci man people. Like, exactly. he fuck with Gucci man. Like, there's no love for Jeezy. The the twenty one Savage Jeezy name drop was seemed random as hell. Oh, yeah, but it, Jeezy, I, I didn't get yeah. that at all. But I mean, hey, I, who knows? Just anytime somebody in rap mentions a snitch from here on out, you're automatically going to think they're talking about six nine. Like that's just kind of how it's going to be. And this song was probably uh, inspired <laughs> by the events of Takashi six nine. So yeah. you can go ahead and chalk that up. What um what on here do you think worked uh for you on this album? The cinematic feel worked um on the album. I think it adds to the simplistic bars and simplistic pattern that 21 uses. You need big production to go with that. You need big interludes, you need Morgan Freeman on here to 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 make it add up to an act like 21 Savage because it's not going to take you down through there from a lyrical standpoint, but a lot is invested in him as an artist. They took a hit when that stuff came through with the visa stuff. And I like him addressing it on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what worked for me is how big that it was and how it ties into without him being some rapper's rapper, it being a big rap album. I love that. I love him and Metro working together. I love that he, even though he's grown up and you see his interview where he's more mature, the 21 Savage music is still the 21 Savage music. I ain't trying to be conscious with y'all niggas. I ain't telling y'all niggas to get a job in the music. I may say that in an interview, but my nigga in here, I'm talking about shoot niggas and I'm talking about like ride now. We was robbing niggas like it's, it's gangster rap. It's it's gangster rap, but it's authentic gangster rap, and it's not like, hey, you guys should go do this either. It's just like this mm-hmm. is me. It's unapologetic. It's it's me, and that's the kind of rap that I appreciate the most. Like I ain't I ain't trying to sway a nigga to do nothing, but I am letting you know that it's real where I get down it. And I just mm-hmm. like I enjoy the stories that he's able to tell by doing that. If I'm being very specific, I spoke of snitches and rats with Young Nudie. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the rich nigga shit with Young Thug. I think that was a, a, a dope ass song. My favorite song on there is My Dog. I like the story Man. that he told and started from the beginning. That was the first one uh, that I ran back. I had, I think I listened to that three times before I moved on. So That's I'm a, a big fan of those tracks. What worked for you on the album? Uh, man, the, the cohesion between Savage and Metro Boomin is nuts. Uh, those these beats, like 21 Savage voice has like this like menacing kind of like villain tone. And when you match that with the cinematic production, like the villain just came on screen or like a kind of horror movie influenced uh, production, man, it, it matches up perfectly. I think they they make good music together. It's it's a it's a dope combination. They they in they bag. Um, if I oh I also like the Morgan Freeman shit. I thought that shit was fire. Um, I was here for it. I'm I'm looking on the credits on title and it says that Metro Boomin and Twenty One Savage wrote his parts. I don't know. I was That's thinking that too. I was listening. Like I wonder who wrote this, but it I think it worked. It was dope. Um, I also, if I had to go specific joints, um, I like 
Mini Men. I thought that was dope. I like the last joint said and done. I thought that was fire. And probably my favorite one on here, the hardest one on here is running. It that that's the very first song after the intro. It come on so hard yeah. though after that intro. Yeah. <laughs> after the intro with the build up and the Morgan Freeman talking, how that running come on with that sample is fire, nigga. Like that shit slaps. I get that. That's a perfect example of them. It might be the hardest song on here. Like he he did a good job putting that first because it set the tone for the album. So I think I think those were the things that worked for me. Oh, and the cover too. The throwback pen and pixel cover. Pen and pixel doesn't make covers anymore. They came out of retirement for this. So that was super dope. Obviously, paying an ode to throwback cash money and throwback no limit covers from back in the day. You know, I'm always here for young niggas paying homage to shit that came before them. So that was uh the vintage artwork was definitely a highlight. Well, what didn't work for you on you? Um the song with Aubrey just didn't work for me. Now, I didn't like any, it ain't just specifically because it's a Drake song. I didn't like any of the 21 Savage female songs. Like, you, don't just, that you, just, you don't like female songs, though. You say that for every album we listen to. You be like, the female Maybe. song didn't work. Possibly. I'm glad you're keeping <laughs> notes. I'm glad you're taking notes. But I really, I definitely didn't like the Mr. Right Now. Um, and I can't even figure okay. out what the, no, I didn't like it at all. But it was another one that was a similar tone that I wasn't fucking with. Um, and I wish that he had just opened it up a little bit more. I like to see Twenty One Savage work with a couple more people in the uh, industry, like a couple more artsy or rappy rap people. Like it was really dope when he did the song with J Cole. Like it was unexpected. Was uh, so I would like to see more of that. Uh, not necessarily seeing J Cole, but just more artists other than Young Thug. Uh, I think that would have been a fire look just to have some more people on here. But I don't have a really uh, to nitpick through it and say that I didn't like a lot of it. What about you? you could- you could argue that song on J. Cole is better than any song on him. That's a fact. You could argue that. That's like a that, fact. That was a Grammy nominated song. That, that, that song was super banging. Like, That's could, a fact. That's why I think, I, and I think that that brought the best out of 21 Savage. So if you yeah. worked with more people like that, be like higher name artists that you could hear some doper music from him. Yeah. Uh, what didn't work for me, uh, the song Stepping on Niggas is some slaw. Um, they sampled that throwback like bounce beat that shit is trash you know, he need, you know why it was some slow and i thought never thought i'd say this what's that he needed the e40 feature on there oh my god no he needed e40 ain't that the e40 sample like oh you remember when i think he did use that my posse's on broadway yeah i think yeah i can't remember absolutely he needed e40 on that man e40 would have tore that down nope I'll make that um, happen for you, 21, man. You need to be 40 on there. Uh, I, uh, rest in peace, love. I thought I, that's some slaw. That was that really wasn't talking about none. And then just some of the bars, man, they fell flat. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a very – his style is very ABC one, two, three, and it's very clear. And so if you say something that is flat, Bro, it's gonna be cringeworthy because it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be very clear that you just said some shit that was whack. You know what I'm saying? So like that, but that on the flip side, that's also why some stuff is so funny. Is because he leaves space in between what he's saying. You're getting the full bar, dude. So if it's some slaw, it's gonna stand out. If it's funny, it's gonna stand out. And it's unfortunate that a lot of these bars are some slaw, and so they stood out. Um, so I, I would say that. Some cringeworthy bars on here. A lot of them were some slaw, though. Don't do that. Some of them were some slaw. How many were some slaw? A lot. How many? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Over under 40%. 
Under. That's a push. You can't tell me 40% of the nigga bars with some slaw. That's a push. No way. It's impossible. Um, if I had to give it a uh, rating, I would go three reels. Good, worth listening to. The production it's alone is three reels and then half for his 60% good bars. Three and a half. I mean, three reels, period. I'm going three and a half. Solid work streaming. The three so and a half is, is bank, and I'm going three. Oh, excuse me. Three and a half of me is banking. I like yeah, it. Okay. I think it's a good 21 Savage project. Uh Came out at a perfect time. Quiet storm. Not a lot of big dogs out stumping around. I always reference that uh, as far as the release dates. I think that he did a good job of coming in, swooping down, making his presence felt, and probably go fade off into the night for the rest of the year. Uh, so I think he did a good job with that. So I'm going to go three and a half. I am at it, that man. You guys let us know what you thought about 21 Savage, Savage Mode 2. Um, is it what you expected? Were you were you one of the people that signed the petition? And did you get what you wanted from this Savage Mode 2? Man, we got some wins and some losses to check out. Having a petition for this Savage Mode 2 is nuts. Yeah, that's wild. Nuts, I tell you. That's what we do. Facts. Uh, but we do have some wins and some losses. The first W is going to the one and only Sean Carter. Jay-Z naming the first Super Bowl, ha- named as the first Super Bowl halftime executive producer who is black in the history of the NFL. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, he named Jesse Collins. Shout out to him. Uh, the first of all, the first black Super Bowl halftime executive producer makes so much sense. Uh, that would explain a lot of the halftime shows that we've gotten in the NFL. Uh, we're in 2020 and they finally got somebody of color. Uh, we'll see what that does. I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll see. But the Jesse Collins dude is behind uh, the John Lewis special, and he's behind a gang of other like TV shows and specials and stuff. So he's pushing it together, to man. It. We'll see. Yeah, I look forward to seeing how that looks. I definitely hope that it works out well. Doubt it, but I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> Next W, man, goes to Jay Electronica fans. That long-lost album that Jess Blaze leaked is in full online, even on the streaming sites. Did you check it out? I did. Man, it, it hit title. He said it's going to be on other sites. Uh, it is called uh, Act Two, The Patterns mm. of Nobility. That, whatever that means it? i don't fucking know it's okay it's it's jay electronica i'm not the biggest fan of his i will however say the intro i mean excuse me the outro is an instrumental that motherfucker's amazing mm-hmm. i will say that some dope just blaze beats on there it's some okay just blaze beats on there it sounds like a 2010 version of the album that came out this year what just blaze been it that's an excellent question djing overseas and shit he getting that bag. Let, let, that let you know how strange of a year 2020 is. We got two J Electronicas, bro. That's nuts. Yeah, that's a wild 2020. Yeah, that is a fact. That's a great point. Sheesh. Another W to Nikki and the Barbs. Nikki welcomed her first child into the world, a little baby girl, man. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nikki and her husband. I don't know the nigga name. Um, did they name the baby yet? Barb. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always interested to see uh, celebrity baby names, man. They be out there, man. I be liking the creative shit, though. I think that's gonna be, be Barb Barb Minaj, man. That's gonna be it. Hey, that'll be hard, be though. Slick. Barb Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's tough on the low. That is slick hard, Barmanage. <laughs> I need money for that, Nikki, if you use it. And last but not least, man, an L to Nikki Patterson for breaking the Genesis book of world records for most. Get this. Eminem tattoo. She has 16 of those. Would you get another rapper tattoo? Would you get a rapper tattoo on you? You know the answer to that shit. Hell no. Listen. So other than the Master P tattoo that you have on your back, you wouldn't get another one. <laughs> I'm not getting enough. I don't do tats, man. They're not for me. Uh, Nikki Patterson got to hold this L, though. This is the most. This is the record for most tattoos of somebody else on you, not just Eminem tats. So let me be clear. She has 16 Eminem tattoos on her, bro. Like, if you were Eminem, how would you feel about this? Like, if somebody has 16 Spike Lou tats, would you be like, oh, that's dope? Or would you be like, get the uh, restraining order? Like, what would you would definitely be worried. I would 100% be worried. That shit ain't nothing. Man, I would be worried. Female stand. Um, before we get out of here, man, on Decker of the Week, we are going to Patreon. Shout out to a new subscriber, Daniel M. Appreciate that uh, subscription, man. Enjoy those album reviews. We've got some dope-ass album reviews up, man. Big Timers Volume 2 is up. Um, Outcast, uh, Equimini is up right now. Super dope. Brand new tiers coming to Patreon this month. I know I said that last month. I'm making up for it. October, we'll have a date for you very soon. We'll have bonus content from all the shows and the network is going to be major. Trust me. Uh, my put on is going to actually be that podcast that we spoke about earlier. I want to make sure that you guys don't forget that October the 8th, the NPR podcast, which is going to be called Louder Than a Riot. I definitely want to make sure that I can have some conversations with some people out there about what you hear on there. I think that's going to be very insightful. What's your put on? Uh, I'm put on one of the albums that came out this past week. This was a, a pretty eventful um, week for music on the low. That YG is straight. My life 400. I couldn't believe it. Shout out oh, to my guy, yeah. Jeff from FSP. He said this in the in the group chat. He said this was YG's last chance, and he was 100% correct. I decided to give it a spin, and I actually like it. So shout out to YG. Back against the wall. He put out a solid project. I couldn't believe it. I actually like it. I'm going to run it back a little bit later on this week. But it was some good music that came out. That West Side Gun also came out. Larry June came out with Harry Fraud as well. And so did uh, Alchemist came out with something too. So it was a pretty uh, solid weekend for new music, man, especially for a quarantine year. Alchemist did a take with like other artists. Yeah, you know how he do. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, he do all the beats and shit. It's called A Doctor, A Painter, and An Alchemist Walk Into a Bar. That's the name of it. That's pretty cool. Now <laughs> right, you know a lot of those jokes sort of like I, I was watching some uh I was watching some uh sitcom or something. They would start a couple of jokes out there. That's dope. I like that. I'm gonna check that out just because of the name. Fuck. Absolutely, man. Do us a favor, guys. YouTube.com slash realville. Make sure you subscribe. We're on a roll to a thousand subscribers. We're trying to get there. ASAP. We'll have a giveaway or two when we hit that number. And um, again, patreon.com slash realville, man. We appreciate you guys checking us out. Till the next time. We out.